0: The title I gave today's message is, Is God Keeping Secrets? Is God Keeping Secrets? Now, if, if you are anything like my, I am, the first thing you'd think of if I asked that question, you go racing through the Bible, is there any verse that talks about God keeping a secret? And you would probably come up with Matthew 24, 35. It says, the heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows Know not the angels of heaven, but only my Father. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So, he says basically, God does know the day and the hour of his return, and no one else knows. So, at one level we can say, yes, there is at least one secret that God is keeping. But what I really want to ask is, is, is God secretive? The question, we could phrase it another way. Can I really know God? Or even, does God want me to know him? Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29 says, The secret things belong to the Lord, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children that we may do all the words of this law. So, does God want me to know him, or is God intentionally mysterious? How many of you have heard someone say, God works in mysterious ways? And, and sometimes he does work in ways we don't understand. But you've ever noticed sometimes they just apply that to about anything? And it's just like, oh, God works in mysterious ways. You can never, ever know what God's gonna do. Now, here's the question. We're going to dive into that. Is that how God wants things to be? Isaiah chapter 55, verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay, so there are things that God understands that you and I do not understand. I need a volunteer. Who will volunteer? Tia? I think you would be the perfect volunteer today. Come here. All right. How many of you guys ever went to a church that passed a bucket that looked more like a bag? Have you ever been to one of those? Come on up here, Tia. All right. Okay. So here's $20. All right. Now, this, this offering bag, I want you to put in the $20. All right. Now, how many of you have ever seen a magician? Okay. So, what do magicians do? Make stuff disappear. They make stuff disappear. All right. We're gonna make this disappear. Okay. Reach in there and get it. What you got? Pull it out. Where, where'd your money go? How did you do that? How did you put that back in there? All right. It's all the way in there. Okay. Now. How many of you think you know what just happened? I yeah, know. You did something. I, what's it? What, what's, get it. <laughs> you doing I'm do, Now, here's the thing. It's kind of impressive when you don't know what's happening. Okay? See, an illusionist is mysterious on purpose. An illusionist doesn't want you to know what's going on. Go ahead and put that in there. Now, I'm going to show you something that I'm not going to show them. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> See, she knows what's happening now. And, and the mystery is gone, isn't it? It's pretty much gone. It's pretty, gone. It's pretty boring. and I'm not, I'm not very impressive anymore. All right, so here's what I'm going, to, I'm going to share with you this secret. See, this bag where I put the, the $20 and it looks empty has a little trigger right here and I push it over and it moves a flap. Can you see that? So there's two pockets in there. And so I can move it over and I can have the pocket that has the the red handkerchief or I can switch it over to the other pocket. And once you know what I was doing, it's pretty boring. Go ahead, sit down. So by revealing my secret I've exposed myself as a pretty boring illusionist. But here's the thing. My question is, is that what God is like? Is he like an illusionist who is intentionally mysterious? Or is God like a father? How many of you have ever had kids? How many of you have ever been asked why? Why? Now, you remember when your your three-year-old says... Daddy, why did the sun come up? Well, because it didn't actually come up, son. We spun around. What? Daddy, why is is the sunset red? Well, you see, the sun just went down, and, and the atmosphere is refracting the light, and red is the first and most bent color out of the spectrum, so we're just looking at the piece of the rainbow. What? So sometimes we can try to explain things, but to a three-year-old, to understand that he lives on a giant circle, it's just not going to sink in. And and to try to get a three-year-old to understand reflected light and and, and how the... You can just say, you know what? God did that. It's just beautiful. Enjoy it. When you're in high school, we'll teach you. Right? A father wants his child to know as much as he possibly can. But he understands there are some things that, that I understand because I'm a parent, I'm an adult, and as a three-year-old, you're not ready for that. But everything I can teach you, I will. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, For what man knows, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So this sounds like they're going to go into this whole thing is you can't know what God is thinking. You can't know what God's going to do. You can't know why God did it. You don't have any idea what God's going to do because only God knows what God knows. But let's keep reading. Verse 12 says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So God says, only my spirit knows these things. That's why I gave you my spirit. I want you to know as well. Verse 13 says, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches us, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him; nor can he know them, because they are not they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet himself is rightly judged by no one. Verse sixteen: For he who has known, excuse me, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct them. But we Have the mind of Christ. Say this with me. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Okay, why did God give us the mind of Christ? He gave us the mind of Christ so that we could know and understand these spiritual things. He says, there are certain things that are only knowable through the Spirit. And so, He has given us His spirit. Why does God want to be known? Why does he want to be known? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The reason God wants to be known is because of the benefits that knowing God brings. See Hebrews 11 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. How many of you want to please God? All right. So we know we want to please God. We need to have faith. What does the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So. When I hear the word of God, when I learn about God, when I know more about God, that is how faith comes. The more I know him, the more faith I can have. And God says in order to please him, I have to know that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What's the second thing? He says besides just knowing that I am here, The number two thing you have to know to be able to please me is that I will reward you for seeking me. Now, why is it so important to know that he will reward you? How do you receive that reward? How did you receive salvation? By faith, right? You receive salvation by faith. In order to receive the rewards that God has for you, you have to receive them by faith. And if you don't know him and know that he wants to reward you with those things, then you can't receive them. And the ability to to have faith and to please God are founded in what we know about him if we profess that God is, some, is unknowable and intentionally mysterious what we are saying is I can't have faith in God why? because I can't know God if we don't know him how can we put faith in him Romans chapter 10 verse 17 well, actually, I want to jump back to something. I read this in a book. Um, someone, someone gave this, this book to me. I knew the author, and he said, you know, here, would you read this and check it out? And I'm reading through it, and I was blown away by one of the statements he said. And this is, this is what he said. He said, you know, following Scripture and doing things God's way is no guarantee of anything. But it does give you the greatest chance at Success and blessing. Following God is like probability theory. It's your best chance, but there's no guarantee. And I'm reading that and I'm like, what? That's not what my Bible says. If If he is right, then what do I have faith in? I don't have any faith. I've just got a little bit of hope. Well, I'm going to hope for it. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I can't have faith for salvation unless I know that God saves. I can't have faith for healing unless I... Know that God heals. I can't have faith for financial blessing unless I know that God blesses, and I can't have faith for prayer unless I know God is listening. I mean, what good does it do to pray if God isn't even listening to anything I said? Right? In order to have faith that God can even answer my prayer, I have to know that he's listening. The better that I know God, the more I can receive what he has for me. I want to read a story from the New Testament in Mark, chapter 10, verse 52. It says, As he went out of Jericho with his disciples in a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him, be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. And so Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Now, do you think that this blind man said that to everyone who came by? No. That blind man had heard something. He knew something about Jesus. And because of what he knew, he was able to put his faith out there and believe that I have heard. What did he hear? He heard that Jesus was coming. He probably had heard about other blind people and sick people who had been healed by Jesus. And so when he heard Jesus was coming, that's when he starts crying out. So he says, that I may receive my sight. Look at verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus on the road. How did he know? He had heard. His faith was based in what he knew about God. In Mark chapter 2 verse 1 through 5 it says, And again he entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. So this group of of Five guys, one of which is, is paralyzed, come. They can't even get through the door. And when they came, when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was so that they, when they had broken through, they let him down on a bed which, on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, what did he see? Their faith. Now, what was their faith based on? How did they? Their faith was based on a simple knowledge. The man inside that house, the man who is speaking right now, is capable of healing our paralytic friend. They knew something about him, and so they were able to put their faith in him. What is it that God wants me to know about him? Deuteronomy. Chapter seven, verse nine through 11. says, "Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God." Number one, God says, "I want you to know," same as, uh, as uh, Hebrews 11, he says, that I am God. You must believe that He is." Then this next it says, "The faithful God." How many of you want a spouse that is faithful? Okay, what does it mean to be faithful? means consistent, keeping your word. If someone faithfully comes to church, you know what I can tell somebody? Go to church. Meet Bob. He'll be there. Right? He's faithfully there. If Bob isn't faithful, I can say, well, you can show up at church. He might be there. He might not. You see, what is the point of faithfulness? It is consistency and predictability. God wants us to know that he's faithful. And that we can predict that he will continue to be faithful. That is a big, big part of it. It says, who keeps covenant, so he is faithful that he keeps covenant. In other words, he keeps his promise and mercy for a thousand generations. He wants us to know that he is merciful. What does God want you to know about him? He wants you to know that he is, that he's faithful, that he keeps his promises, and that he is merciful merciful he's merciful to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments and that he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them he will not be slack with him who hates him he will repay him to his face therefore you shall keep the commandments statues and judgments what I command you today to observe them and he also wants us to know that he rewards those who love him and that he will repay those who do evil The point is that his behavior be anticipated. God wants you and I to know what he's like and what he wants to do. How many of you remember the story of David and Goliath? David was a 14, 15-year-old kid. His dad sent him to, the, to, to, to visit his brothers who were in the army. They were older. They were soldiers. And he sent pizza. The Bible says it was bread and cheese. He was just missing the sauce. He, he went out there. He brought the food to his brothers. He gets there. And Goliath is out there. The Bible says cursing Israel and cursing God. Now, David... We know from Scripture he would spend time in prayer and worship with God. David knew God. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. And David gets there and he sees Goliath cursing God. I don't think David was convinced of his marksmanship when he signed up to kill Goliath. What he was convinced of was God's character. He said, I know God, and God does not like that guy. (laughs) Whoever whoever gets on God's side is going to totally take that guy out. What are they going to do for him? Oh, well, he gets to live tax-free, and he gets to marry the king's beautiful daughter, and he gets to sign me up. I'll do it. Why? Because he knew God's character. He knew, I know that this is what God is like. And, and, and when he got in front of King Saul, and King Saul says, how do you know that you're going to be able to beat this giant? He says, well, because God has helped me before. See, I came up against a lion, and I'm just a kid. God helped me. I took him out. Then came a bear. It was bigger than the lion, but not bigger than God. He helped me out. So just as God, and this is what he says, just as God helped me with the lion and the bear, so will it be with Goliath. He says, I know what God, my God is faithful, there's a pattern, I can see it. He helped me out with something small. He helped me out with something medium. He'll help me out with something big. That's what God wants us to see. He wants us to see the pattern. The Bible says, in Hebrews 13 verse 8, says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Does God work in mysterious ways? Oh, yes, we can say that, but God is not trying to be mysterious. His his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, just like our thoughts are higher than a two-year-old's. But He isn't trying to be unpredictable and mysterious. You never know, you never know. I mean, God might just give you cancer tomorrow. You just don't know. No. No, James chapter 1 verse 17, this is what it says. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. You know what that means? That shadow of turning, it means there is no inconsistency. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father in whom there is no inconsistency. That's what God wants us to know about Him. He wants us to know what he's going to do. If I know Psalms 147 verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, then when somebody comes walking into my life and they have a broken heart, I can pull a David. Oh, 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 I know what God wants to do in this situation, right? Right? David looked at Goliath. Goliath was cursing God, cursing the Israelites, coming against God's people, and nobody was doing anything. All of God's people, God's king, all of them were just, that dude's big. And David knew God. He said, I know his character. He's going to back anybody that comes up against him. So when we know Psalms 147.3, that God heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Then when a broken heart tries to get into our lives or when we have a friend who comes to us with a broken heart, the first thing we think is, oh, I know what God wants. God, use me to minister to this person. If I know Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will never leave you or forsake you. When I know that, then I can minister to someone who's lonely. Who says, oh, woe is me? I think God has just totally abandoned me. I mean, look at everything that's going wrong the dishwasher and, and the sewing machine and the, the answer machine and everything is all broke down at the same time. Why did I say answer machine? None of us have those anymore. <laughs> everything broke down at the same time. We can say, no, God is with you. I know that God is with you. Exodus 15, 26 says, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. When you know that verse and you're feeling sick, then you can say, Wait, my God is faithful. He's consistent. He's consistent. And if he wants me healed in Exodus 15, 26, then he wants me healed today. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans for you, I declares the Lord, to plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. When I know that verse, when I know that about God, then I can minister to the needy and the hopeless. So I heard one time that that the, the special agents that I think it's the FBI has, whose job it is to find counterfeits, that the way they find a counterfeit isn't by studying counterfeits, it's by studying the real deal so that they know it so intimately that the counterfeits stand out. Why do we want to talk about these things? Why am I so driving home this point? Because I want the counterfeits to stand out. I want the counterfeits to stand out. When somebody says, oh, you can't possibly know what God wants. How dare you say, God wants me healed. How do you know? You can't know that. I want you to just realize, think that, wait a minute, that, that's a counterfeit that the devil is bringing. There's a counterfeit out there that says, you know what? Answers? you, You can't trust people with answers. You can't trust certainty. You can only trust those who are questioning. Because questions are sincere. Answers can be used to manipulate. So, let's celebrate anybody who says they don't know. And let's stay away from anybody who claims Jesus is the only way or anything of certainty. If if they come and say, well, God is so sovereign that you have no idea what he's going to do next. Yes, God is sovereign. But the Bible says that he has exalted his word above all else which means his promises he will fulfill Amen. he has made the sovereign choice to fulfill his promises so yes i can know that i can know what god wants second timothy chapter 2 verse 23 says But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. I hope that when you leave today, you remember one thing. God isn't a magician trying to be mysterious. God wants you to know him. And the better you know him, the more he can work in your life because the things that he has for you they're available to you by faith hebrews 11:6 you must know that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him it is impossible without faith it is impossible to please god faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God wants you to get to know Him. There are so many things that we have heard. We have heard that, you know, God wants me whole. God wants me to heal my broken heart. God wants me saved. But until You accept it as truth. You can't step out in faith. On it. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The number one, biggest, most important thing that we as a human can do with our faith is to obtain the forgiveness of sins that God has promised us. If you're here and you have done that, you have have put your trust and your faith in God, you believe, as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, that he died on the cross, rose from the dead, you confessed with your mouth and believed with your heart, and you are saved. I want you to raise your hand if you've done that. You You have put your faith in him. The Bible says, know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, hope for it and see what happens. Everybody will find out if their good outweighed their bad when they get to heaven and there'll be a giant scale. And some of you will slide into heaven because you had so much good. And some of you will just slide the other way because, you know. No. It says, know that you have eternal life. How do I know? Because God promised He said in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead, you will be saved. When I know that, then I act on that. And by faith, I am forgiven. If you want to know that you are right with God, tonight, you can do it. You can leave here knowing that you have eternal life. If you want to do that, I want to ask you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody here? Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everyone is here. I just thank you that you will grow our faith. I pray that you will challenge each of us to know you deeper to grow in our confidence regarding your character in every area of our lives so that we can be like David and we can recognize the pattern of your faithfulness in our lives and the lives of others and step out in faith and receive the things that you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.